This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. spoke a word for us here as a, as a church, spoke it to our heart, and that is move on. And you know, we, we looked over there, it's kind of our theme scripture, so I want to just reference it again in uh, Exodus 14. Uh, the children of Israel just come out by the hand of the Lord, uh, and they're just getting going good, and they come up to the Red Sea. And so they got the Red Sea before them, and all of a sudden... The shot goes up. Here comes Pharaoh's army. You ever been between a rock and a hard place? I think that's where, that would describe them quite well, wouldn't it? And it says that, that Moses was crying out to God, and God said something that might strike us as kind of peculiar at the moment. He said, he said Moses, stop praying and get moving. And that's something. And I believe that's what God's saying to us. Now, obviously, he wasn't saying, stop praying forever. But what he was saying in that particular moment, it was not the time to pray. It was the time to get moving. So God is speaking a word to us about moving on. We want to move on. You know, the last two years, you know, really all around the world, it's almost like we've been treading water in some, some ways. But God says it's time for the church. It's time for, <clears throat> pardon me, it's time for us to move forward. Amen. And I, for one, plan to do so. How about you? So today we're going to talk about uh, uh, some things we need to overcome if we're going to move on. And we're going to talk about overcoming fear. And, you know, fear is one of those things that we all face, isn't it? You ever, you ever faced any fear? Maybe you get a bad report, you know, from the doctor. Maybe you're moving out into a new uh, business or starting something new or, or moving to a new area or, or whatever it might be, a new venture. And you know, we all face fear and probably we've probably been more aware of it these last couple of years, uh, you know, because it's almost everything has some fear attached to it. Amen. I mean, you know, the COVID thing and the COVID-19 and, you know, and countries shutting down and all these different things are going on. And uh, I want to remind you what Paul wrote in his day. And, you know, when he wrote to the church, you know, sometimes we read these scriptures, but we, we, we don't, we need to remember the context. And when Paul wrote this scripture, he said, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You have to understand, in that day, they were being persecuted. Christians were being hunted down. They were being killed. They were being martyred. They were being put in prison. They, all their possessions could be confiscated. Hello. You know, we get upset, just a little bump in the road. What would happen if we were facing that? So it's in that context that Paul is writing to, to Timothy and to the church, and he said, remember this, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is contraband for the Christian. You oughtn't to have that anymore, and you oughtn't to have drugs on you. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Amen. 
Fear is a killer. Even medical science will tell you that. Fear has a, is, is detrimental to your mental health, to your emotional health, and if you live in it long enough, even your physical health. And of course, God understands that. You can't operate in fear and faith at the same time. So we need to understand that we're all going to face fear. If you, you know, the only way you're going to get rid of facing fear is when you graduate and go on to be with God in heaven. But as long as you're down here, fear is going to face you. You're going to face fear. It's going to come against you. But you do not have to succumb to fear. You do not have to let fear rule your life, rule your decisions, steal your peace, all of those things. It doesn't have to be that way. Amen? So I want to talk about three areas that I think are pretty common to all of us that we, we, we face uh, fear in these areas, the fear of change, the fear of failure, and the fear of man. We'll look at these three this morning real briefly because I think all of us uh, uh, deal with that, especially the first one is the fear of change. Well, we've seen some change the last couple of years, haven't we? I remember when uh, Cindy and I, uh, we were on the mission field in Bolivia and, and then again uh, in Argentina, I remember, you know, we would, you would go to the grocery stores and, you know, you'd see the, the shelves would be about half empty. Or sometimes you couldn't find anything, you know. Uh, and, and it got so bad that people were breaking in not to steal money, but to steal food. And, you know, uh, the fear, you know, was palpable. And, you know, even here in these last two years, the, the fear is palpable because there's a fear of change. Things are changing. And especially when things are changing and it seems that you have no control. Because human beings, we like to be in control. Don't look so holy at me. You like to be in control, don't you? And so when things begin to happen that's outside of our control, it's very, you know, we, we begin to feel uh, unsettled, uncertain. And, and, and the thing about it is, when that kind of change is happening, you know, it's so easy to get our focus on the circumstances. We're looking at, whether it's COVID, whether it's the economy, whatever it might be, whether it's something very personal or something that's touching all of us in society or in our culture, we look at that and it's very easy to feel like, you know, we're, you know things are out of control. Lord, what's going on here? But, you know, that's when we have to remember that none of this has caught God by surprise. Just because it caught us by surprise... I mean, God, you know, God's not looking over at Gabriel and said, wow, I didn't see that coming. No, listen, everything is known by God. It says from, from the end to the beginning. Amen. He knows the end of everything as well as the beginning and everything in between. So here's the thing. Fear of the unknown can cause resistance to positive change. There's negative change and then there's positive change. Are you listening? See, the COVID-19 thing, there's a lot of negative about that, isn't there? But there are things that God wants to do in us, and He wants to do through us, that means we're going to have to change. If you are going to grow, both spiritually in your faith and the love of God, if you're going to grow in the unfolding plan and purposes of God, you will have to change. It is inevitable. 
Isn't that right? Paul talked about it this way. He said, when I was a child, he said, I thought like a child. I viewed the world like a child. Amen. He said, but when I became a man, he said, I had to put away childish things. And so it's the same way. You know, we grow in the knowledge of God, and not only that, but in His will for our life. And as we grow, you know, God says, okay, now, with every, every time that you grow spiritually, every time you're willing to change, you know, it takes a new commitment to God, to His plans and His purpose. Amen. Listen, uh, you know, we are not, uh, you know, God's not in heaven for your convenience. Does that surprise you? you? Listen, we know the goodness of our God, don't we? We know the gracious grace of our God. We know the blessing of our God, the generosity of our God. But God is not in heaven for my convenience. We are here for His convenience. So when God uh, wants to work in us and He wants to work through us and there's change there, I need to keep in mind, listen, you know, there's been a lot of things God's asked me to do. i got to be honest with you, from a humanity standpoint, I wasn't always crazy about it. Amen? We went to the mission field. We had, we had two children in diapers. That's fun. You ever been on a plane for about 15, 16 hours with two kids? Military people know what we're talking about. You know? So there are things, and you know, there's some things, you know, that God asks you to do. You just think, yeah, this is great, you know? And I've always found out that initially, you know, with change that I'm talking about the positive change now that God may be initiating in our lives and, and in his plan for our lives that if even if for my flesh in, initially I might think well I don't know you know you know listen even Jesus prayed Lord if it be possible so don't get mad at me if I'm just a man and I pray <laughs> but but you know but I found out that if I will push through that initial fear I will just trust in God, trust in His goodness, trust in His plan for me, trust in His purposes for me, amen, that they are good. But not only that, even if it means sacrifice, I remember this, I'm here for God's convenience, amen? He says, go, I go. He says, stay, I stay. He says, do, we do, amen? We don't vote about God's plan. That's why we don't vote on things here. <laughs> we don't, you know, where do you see that in the Bible? Well, they all vote. Anytime there was a vote, usually, you know, usually if you follow the majority, it might not turn out too good. So fear of the unknown can cause resistance to change. Fear of the unknown. Let's look, if you will, look in Hebrews. You're, you're right there close. 11.8. Here he's talking about Abraham, and I just want to read one scripture for the sake of time. You know the story. God spoke to Abraham. He was live, living in, you know, the, the Mesopotamian valley there in the city of Ur. He spoke to him to come out. 
He said, to a lamb which I will show you. And I found out many times, you know, when change is coming, one of the reasons we fear it is because God doesn't give you every detail. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? He just says, go, and you're like, mm. Yeah, but Lord, how's this going to work out? I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm taking my family uh, to South America. Uh, you know, we, we're kind of going to need a house of some kind. We're kind of going to need some income of some kind. I mean, we can, you know, whatever it may, or whatever he may be telling you to do. Maybe, maybe it's not about uh, uh, mission ministry. Maybe it's about uh, starting a new business. You say, you mean God would lead you to do that? Absolutely. We need some paymasters in the body of Christ. I'd love it. About 10 or 12 of y'all, you know, get some God-inspired ideas and become millionaires. Boy, I'd rejoice with you. <laughs> Amen. See, there's nothing wrong with that. If God's first, and you, you, you know, and you become a paymaster for the kingdom. Like I say, even the water pipe gets wet with the water. You know, even God's overflow is amazing. Amen. Become like J.C. Penney, who gave away 90% and kept 10%. Wouldn't that be something? But maybe God's speaking to you about some new venture like that. It could be anything. He might not give you all step A to Z on what He wants you to do. Because, see, He wants you to trust Him, doesn't He? He wants you to move out in faith. So let's look here in Hebrews 11.8. Look at this. By faith, Abraham, when called to go... Where have you been called to go? I don't believe there's any uncalled people in the body of Christ. You may not be called to be a pastor or an evangelist or missionary, but you're called for something in the body of Christ. There's no unused members. There's no, not supposed to be. Everybody, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Everyone. He said, when he was called to go to a place... You need to find out where your place is. God's telling us, move on. He's saying to you, move on. Well, you got to know, move on where? At least what direction? He would later receive as his inheritance. Now, notice this, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Boy, I, I, you know, I've been in ministry now. I'm in my 40th year, about to complete the 40th year. And you know, there's a whole lot not knowing when you move with God. You know, I've had Christians sit, you know, uh, sit in my office, you know, and, you know, they want to know everything. Okay, well, well, Pastor, how are we going to do this? And how are we going to do that? And when are we going to get here? And when's this going to happen? And when's that going to happen? And how's this going to happen? And I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> They're about ready to run you out because you don't know it all. But I'll tell you what, Abraham... Wasn't he the father of faith? What does it say about him? It says he went out not knowing. Well, don't fuss at me. If I, you know, I don't know everything. Abraham didn't either, but it worked out pretty good for him, didn't it? So sometimes in your life, when God begins to speak to you about changes, whatever they are, you may not have all the, the, the fine minutia. God wants you to step out in faith. And as you do, he'll show you a little more. And you take another step, and he'll show you a little more. And he'll take you another step. Isn't that what he did with Abraham? Wow. 
And of course, you know, this is what we need to do. When, when positive change comes, and in the midst of all that's going on, all the, you know, the pandemic and the economy and all that stuff, listen, God's not upset. God's not insecure. God, that doesn't preempt God's plan for your life. Amen. I mean, the disciples, you know, God, Jesus told them, let's go to the other side. Well, on the way over there, they ran into a storm. But you know what? They got to the other side, didn't they? The storm can't keep you from getting, unless you let fear. Fear is always attached to the storm, to the, to the circumstances. Fear is always attached to that and says, boy, I'm telling you what, you're not going to make it this time. God's not going to come through for you this time. Well, if God really is leading you, you would know exactly what to do all the time. Come on. Don't, don't, don't let erroneous thinking move you out of faith. The fear of change. <clears throat> Comfort with the present and fear of the unknown keeps us from seizing new opportunities. You know, you see this, you know, in churches, and you see it in individuals. You get comfortable. You know, okay, we, we've reached, uh, you know, a certain level. Might be a certain level of church size, or a certain level of our faith, or a certain level of our prayer life, or a certain level of worship, or whatever it might be, a certain level of success in your business or your career, or whatever it might be. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, an opportunity God presents an opportunity for you to stretch and to grow. But see, fear will hold you back. Or comfort. Well, you know what? I'm pretty happy right where I'm at. I'm pretty content. I'm, 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 I'm quite blessed. I, I, you know, I, I really don't think I need anything else. I don't need to grow. I don't, why, I, why do I need to grow my faith anymore? Why is my prayer? I'm, I'm doing okay. But God may have something more for you to do. Amen? So that means that a new attitude of faith uh, is always needed to embrace the change God is bringing. Amen? So listen, if you're not sure, get in your prayer closet, get in prayer, and wait on God. Well, Pastor, I don't have time for that. Well, then, you, you know, you might be a train wreck going somewhere to happen. Because, you know... You have no idea if, if you're moving in faith or you're moving in presumption or you're moving, you know, or you're staying put because you're comfortable. You know, they say about the eagle, you know, the eagle builds its nest, you know, way up in the mountains, in the heights of the mountains, and, you know, finds a, a ledge or something like that, and they build the nest there. And at a certain stage, when the, the young ones get to a certain stage and age, the eagle will absolutely tear apart the nest and will push, hello, the young ones off the edge. And what will happen is the first time, if, if, if it looks like they're not quite got their wings yet, you know, the mama eagle will swoop down and catch them. But guess what's going to happen again? See, sometimes change comes because God says, you know what? You've reached a level of growth where you are. But you know what? It's time to tear apart that 
comfortable nest that's lined with feathers and soft things and all that and push you out. You ever been off of that ledge? Woo! Man, your head's spinning. <laughs> the ground's coming at you. You know, but here's the thing. God's right there. His Spirit is right there to catch you, to help you, to encourage you, to strengthen you. And I'm telling you, once you get to that new place, you say, man, this is so good. I don't want to go back. This is so much better. This is so much better. You know, I'm, I'm bringing forth so much more fruit for God. I'm, I'm being so much more effective for the kingdom of God. I'm seeing things change in my family. I've seen things change in my city, in my church, whatever it might be. I see things changing there. I can see the hand of God on this, and it's better. Amen? You know, by, the Bible teaches us that, that God goes from glory to glory and from faith to faith. God never takes us backward. You'll never find a scripture in there where God says, okay, guys, retreat. He always says, move forward. David ran toward the giant. Amen. It's only fear that makes you run into the cave. Faith will make you run toward the giant. Amen. I'm telling you, when faith rises up in your heart and the Holy Spirit rises up in your heart, I mean, before you know it, you jump right in the middle of that. You almost think afterwards, wow, did I do that? I did. God did. See, He's waiting for you. So here's the thing. In this time, in this season, there's going to be some changes. There's going to be some changes personally and in the body of Christ here at Passenger. There's going to be changes, good changes, positive changes in God. And we need to be aware of that. We need to be sensitive to that. And we need to be ready to step out, even if we don't know everything. We don't know A to Z, but I know this much. God said, move on. I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to take it by faith. I'm going to take it trusting in my God. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, from my testimony, He's never failed me. I've stepped out, and sometimes, now, it might not have been big for you. Every, you know, it depends on everybody. You know, what's big for me may be real small for you. But some big things that God has spoken to me, big for me to step out on, He's never failed me. He's always been there, and He'll be there for you. And listen, we, we talked about expectation this year. Listen, expectation has to do with growth. It has to do with change. I want to see God do something I haven't seen before. Man, I'm telling you, on the mission field, we saw some pretty amazing things. So my expectation is pretty big. Amen. Thousands saved, healed, set free. God moving and shaking a nation. I mean, you could get up, you know, and just, just you know, you could read the begats. And people would get saved and healed. I mean, it was just, God was just in the nation. He was just He was just everywhere working. It was an awesome thing. So you know, I believe God wants to do that here in America, a reviving, a a, a renewing. You know, I talked about this a renaissance of the church, getting back to the Book of Acts, a renaissance. 
and seeing people added to the church daily. A renaissance of seeing the power of God and the glory of God shake a city and shake a nation. The blind eyes open. Change. So we need to overcome the fear of positive change. Don't let it. And let me just say this. I won't spend a lot of time. But when, when things that are not of God, but we see changes happening in our culture, in our nation, in the world that we see that are definitely not uh, a part of God's plan, that's when we go to war. That's when we go to prayer. That's when we step into the prayer room as the church of the living God. And we take our authority in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we begin to come against those forces of evil that are bringing that, that detrimental negative uh, change. You know, Jesus said the thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. So if it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, I know right then, that ain't God. Jesus said that's a thief. And we need to stand up against him. I mean, if someone, I mean, literally, was breaking into your home, I mean, are you going to help them move all your furniture and load it up for them? Oh, yeah, let me help you here. No, I don't think so. But it's amazing to me, things will come against us spiritually, and we're just so passive sometimes. You need to rise up in your righteous indignation. Rise up as a child of God and say, you're not stealing me, my stuff. You're not stealing my health, my kids. You're not going, no. Okay. I won't belabor that. We should know that. Secondly, real quickly, overcoming the fear of failure. Everybody has faced the fear of failure. When man fell, he was separated from God. One of the, one of the things that came on him, of course, was fear. Remember that Adam, you know, after, you know, they had disobeyed God and God came down in the cool of the day, you know, to visit with them as his custom was, what were they doing? They were hiding. And why were they hiding? They were afraid. Sin brought fear and insecurity and man will always be insecure when he either is not connected to God or forgets his connection to God. You were not made, mankind was not made to be an independent being. Now, I know that's hard for us to grasp here in America because we're big on our individualism. We're big on our independence. We're big on our freedoms. And there's a lot of good things about that. But we also need to remember as believers that man was made for God. We were made to have fellowship with God. We were made to be joined together with God. That was our purpose, and it still is. Amen? And so we cannot allow insecurity to rise up, you know, as we venture out in, in what God has called us to do. Or as we see things happening out here in, in our nation, in the world, we cannot allow the, the insecurity, the fear of insecurity to cause us to become paralyzed, to become anxious. We need to remember that greater is he that is in us who is in me than he that is in the world. Jesus has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, we can boldly, courageously say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do. 
And I will not fear failure. Listen, you say, well, Pastor Norris, have you ever failed? Oh, boy. <laughs> Let me count the ways. But here's the thing I have found out. Failure is not terminal. See, fear wants to tell you, boy, I tell you what, you've had it now, this is it. If, I mean, you know, failure is not terminal. You remember uh, a guy in the Bible called Peter? Yeah, I, I think he was a pretty good Christian, wasn't he? <laughs> the Apostle Peter. He had some failures. But you know what? It, didn't, it wasn't terminal. Amen. He denied Jesus three times. Amen. He got out of the boat to walk, and he sunk under the waves. Amen. He had some failures, but you know what? They weren't terminal. And yours doesn't have to be terminal either. And so when you, you, you sense that God is leading you into something new, uh, a new opportunity, uh, moving forward in His plan and purpose, I'm telling you, it's always going to look bigger than you are. If it doesn't, it's probably not God. It may be something that you just have a desire to do, and it may or may not. It may be okay. It may not be. But it's, you know, when God's leading you, it's always, it's always been bigger, bigger than my abilities, bigger than my wisdom bigger it's just bigger because God's bigger and he wants us to re remember that in every endeavor he is with us that we have the mind of Christ that if we need wisdom we have the connection and the source of all wisdom not only spiritually but just listen God knows not only the spiritual aspect but the natural aspect of wisdom amen he knows how to run a business are you kidding me? Woo, yes siree. He can give you insight. He can give you uh, wisdom about witty inventions, uh, Proverbs says. He can show you about things that nobody's thought of yet. See, it's real easy to think, well, man, I, I mean, there's nothing new in all the world. But I'm going to tell you what, listen, God's got a whole lot of stuff that no, man hadn't thought of yet. See, we think computers and databases are so big. But listen, listen, God has a database that's so big that He's got everybody that's ever lived, He's got all the hairs on their head and the ones they lost. Every, every, every creature that's ever lived and died, He's got it in His database. I don't know how many terabytes that is, but... <laughs> Maybe he's got a new term. So, so we needn't think that that's new. I mean, God's got a transportation system. I mean, wow. Man, Philip, I mean, he just got translated. Talk about beam me up, Scotty. Man, see, we think, oh, that's so far-fetched. No, it's, it was in the Bible thousands of years ago. You say, how'd God do that? I don't know, by the Spirit of God. Amen? God, listen... God can dematerialize cancer, tumors, growths. Listen, we're running to catch up. We're not. <clears throat> Overcoming failure. I want us to look real quickly. Matthew 25. Are you guys getting anything out of this? I hope you are. I don't want to waste your time. Matthew 25. We're talking about moving on, but you can't move on if fear grips you. A distorted view of God creates fear 
a distorted view of God will always create fear. Some people, bless their heart, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not being critical. They're good people, wonderful people. Uh, they love God. They're going to heaven. But, you know, they live all their life under fear. There's, there's, this, there's this, in the back of their mind, there's always this dread about, you know, the next, the next shoe that's going to drop, the next bad thing that's going to happen. The next, oh, man. And see, if you, if you think that way long enough, you know, you'll, you'll, your words will begin to, to harmonize with it. Well, I wonder when the next bad thing's going to happen. Man, I just got out of that, but I bet you something's right around the corner. And so before we know it, see, fear's got a, a grip on us. And many times it's a distorted view of God. Well, you know, Pastor, I didn't do everything just right, so I just know that God, you know, God's not going to bless me. I didn't do everything just right. Well, join the rest of the body of Christ. <laughs> Anybody in here, since you've been a Christian, done everything just right? Don't see no hands. Look here in Matthew 25. I just want to read a couple of verses here. You know the story about the parable uh, of the talents or the bags of gold. You know, he gave five and, and, and three and then one. And then it says... Then the man who had received one bag of gold came, Master, he said, I knew you are a hard man. See, that's the way some people, even Christians, view God. He's austere. He's unapproachable. He's a judge. He's out to just, you know, you step out of line, that heavenly baseball bat's going to come down. You're a hard man, <clears throat> harvesting where you've not sown. He's unjust. Gathering where you've not scattered seed. Demanding without giving. So I was afraid. No wonder he was afraid. If I had that view of God, I'd be afraid too. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Woo! You can... Interpret that any way you want to, but it don't sound good, does it? So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown. See, he's just repeating what he said. Gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I return, I should have received it back with interest. So what he's saying here, he said, he said you should have done something with it. But the thing that held him back was what? He had a wrong understanding and picture of who God is. God is our Father. God is the God of all mercy and all grace. God is the one who has given us every good thing and every perfect gift has come down from above. It's, he's given it to us. And so as He begins to, to lead us, direct us in this walk of faith as believers, as disciples, and opportunities present itself, listen, we don't need to have a wrong view of God. Oh, what if I step out and I miss it? Well, what if you do? Amen? Anybody in here ride a bicycle? Remember when you first started? You ever downloaded the, the How to Ride a Bicycle manual from the Internet? There's not one. I mean, you know, 
How do you ride a bike? How do you learn to ride a bike? Well, I was afraid, so I just never got on it. I saw somebody fall over that tried to ride one, so I thought, well, if he can't ride it, I know I can. <laughs> I remember teaching my kids growing up, you know. We get, at a certain age, they got bicycles for Christmas, man. And I'm, I'm there, a lot younger in those days. I'd run along, you know, and I'd let them go. Pedal, 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 pedal. I'd get them up and brush them off. Okay, here we go again. I'm running alongside them, you know, getting them going, getting them going, getting them. I'm letting them go. Pedal, 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 boom, fall this way that time. But you know what? Wasn't long before what? You know what? They could ride that thing. And boy, they had so many hours of pleasure riding that thing. And see, here's the thing. Every one of us, we've been given gifts. We've been given talents, abilities, both spiritual and natural that God's given us. And he's expecting us to use those. Amen? Invest them in opportunities. When he opens the door, when he presents an opportunity, that is an opportunity to where we take what he's given us and we step through the door of opportunity and we begin to use what he's given us. And you may fall over this way. I may fall over that way. But you know what? The papa's going to be right there. He's going to dust us off. He's going to get us up. And he's going to get us right back on that bike. Say, okay, here we go. You can do it. You know, and we might fall over a couple of three times. But you know, boy, then all of a sudden, man, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're, we're, we're glorifying God with our gifts, with our abilities. We're seeing people's lives changed by the grace flowing through us. We're seeing that happen. Oh, man. Then God says, check out this Harley. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a lot better than a bike. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Listen, fear also will always lead you to make a bad decision or come to a wrong conclusion. Isn't that what happened with this guy? He made a bad decision. He went out and hid what God gave him. And he also, what did he do besides a bad decision? He also, it says he came to a wrong conclusion. Well, God's hard. God's mean. If I step out here and fail, that's it. I mean, man, you know how God is. <laughs> you, 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 need to, you need to change your God for the God of the Bible. Amen. What did Jesus say? He said, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Does that sound like a stingy God? Does that sound like an austere, mean, judgmental God? Do you think God knows you're not perfect? Okay. Just checking. Stop trying to impress God. He already knows everything about us. Are you just trying to impress Him? Amen. Just take the opportunity as it comes. Recognize what he's given you. And has, when he opens that door uh, of service, he opens that door for his plan for your life, just step through it. Don't worry about falling over. God's really good at picking people up. Believe me, I can testify. And what happens here, too, is we become a, a, a non-risk-taking person. Faith always has an element of risk about it. Not on God's side, on our side. Amen? Let's go back to our, our older brother, Peter. Remember, you remember in the storm? He said, Lord, if that be you, bid me come to you. Remember that? He says he got out of the, got out of the boat. Now listen, 
It was a storm. Have you ever been on an on a ocean when, when a storm was coming up? The waves are going up like this and down like that. So when he got out of the boat, part of the time, he was looking straight up at the sky. He was walking up a wave. He, he wasn't walking on a swimming pool. It was a storm. The wind was blowing his hair this way and then that way, and the rain was stinging his face. Then he went walking down the wave on the other side. I'm just saying before you get too critical of him. But here's the thing. He, 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 he took a risk, didn't he? I mean, how many people have you ever seen walk on the water? No, I, I, not even on their swimming pool. I mean, he hadn't seen anybody. I mean, well, he saw Jesus. I take that back. He did see Jesus. But that was Jesus, wasn't it? <laughs> but he took a risk. His faith. And it says he got out and he walked on the water toward Jesus. So he did walk on the water. So until you can walk on the water, we can't criticize him, can we? He walked on the water in a storm. He's got me beat. And it says, but when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to sink, didn't he? Well, Jesus didn't just say, well, that's good enough for you. Well, if you only had faith, you'd have made it. See you, Peter. See you on the other side. <laughs> no. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus reached down, picked him up, and they both walked back on the water again and got in the boat. He took a risk. In the strictest sense, we could say he failed, couldn't we? But listen, did Jesus, Jesus didn't condemn him. Jesus encouraged him. He said, he said why did you doubt? Amen. But he didn't condemn him. He didn't say, Peter, that's it. You're no longer an apostle. No, he continued to use him, didn't he? And finally, real quickly, overcoming the fear of man. Turn over to 1 Samuel. Uh, King Saul is probably one of the best examples of the, what happens when we allow the fear of man to control us. The fear of man will lead you to compromise. It absolutely will. <clears throat> In 1 Corinthians, thir or, excuse me, 1 Samuel 13, you know the story. Uh, Philistines had come out in, in great numbers against Israel. Of course, Saul is the king. And you know, uh, he was waiting on the prophet Samuel to come. He was supposed to come in seven days and, you know, and make the sacrifice to God. And, and, and then they were going to go out with the blessing of God uh, through the prophet there. Uh, so, you know, so uh, the seventh, uh, fifth day came, the sixth day came, the seventh day came, no, no Samuel. You ever had God not be on your timetable? It's just annoying. Isn't it? I mean, Lord, I, I, I'm praying. I, I know I'm believing. Wait a minute. You say, when you pray, believe you receive, you shall have. I, we're, I'm waiting for the you shall have. The fifth day's come, the sixth day's come, so to speak, the seventh day's come, and still, it's not here. You ever been there? <laughs> Just let me, let me give you a little... This is why I say God does not work on your, at your convenience. 
We work on his calendar, not he works on our calendar. Thank you. <laughs> so here's Samuel. You know, Samuel is, hadn't come yet. So I'm giving you that background because we're going to pick it up there. 1 Samuel 13, verse 5. The Philistines assembled to fight. 3,000 chariots. Wow. 6,000 charioteers. Soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. That's a lot of people. It says, uh, they went up, camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the Israelites saw their situation was critical, that their army was hard-pressed, they hid. Boy, you know, they were in fear. They hid in caves. I don't know what it was with Israel in caves. They hid here in caves. When Goliath came out, they were hiding in caves. You know, the last two years, a lot of people have been hiding in caves. Not literal caves, but we've gotten in our comfort pocket. You know, might be at home. We're, we're real comfortable. We're real good. I can have my food delivered, my groceries delivered, everything. I mean, you know, I work online. I just, man, I'm here. At the, you know, they hid in caves and thickets and among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. That's what fear puts you in a pit. Pardon me. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Man, they just left everything around. <coughs> Pardon me. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, days the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Boy, here's this next statement. Isn't this the truth? Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. Boy, you get impatient. Man, I'm giving God, I mean, if God was going to do something, I mean, we got to do something. I mean, we got to do something. Everybody's scattering. We got to do something. I mean, mean, you know, the rent's overdue. We got to do something. The car payment's We got to do something. And so you, you finally try to figure something out, you know. <laughs> Samuel arrives. Oh, boy. Saul went out to greet him. What have you done, asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering. See, what he was looking at. And you did not come at the set time. It's your fault, Samuel. Well, God, I wouldn't be in this if it wasn't for you. If you'd come through on time. Mm. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash. He's making his case here, isn't he? I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I've not sought the Lord's favor. So I forced myself. Oh, boy. This is, this is human nature. I mean, this, I mean, this could be out by the definition of human being, couldn't it? <laughs> I felt compelled. I forced myself to offer the burnt offering. He said, you've done a f- foolish thing. You've not kept the command of the Lord. If you had, get this now, notice what he lost here. You w- he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. Now, who ended up getting that promise? David. But Saul, God's plan was that Saul 
would get that blessing. Now, I'm going to say something. I don't mean it to sound hard, but I got to, you know, I want to love you. (laughs) Some things God has planned for us, I mean some awesome things, but because of fear, we don't get them. I mean, we could have been saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name, you know, Jesus, son of Saul, instead of Jesus, son of David. Jesus would have come through the lineage of Saul. You think that wouldn't? You think he didn't lose something? Because what? He allowed fear, the fear of man. The fear of man. Oh, I feel like, you know, the circumstances, they're about to overwhelm me. Lord, where are you? You know, don't let it move you to act on fear. If you act on fear, you're not going to like the outcome. Oh, it may, at the moment you may think, oh yeah, this is good. I found a way out. And you may even, just like he, just like Saul did, convince yourself that God provided that way. (laughs) He lost a kingdom through the fear of man. David, on the other hand, preserved a kingdom by trusting God, didn't he? Let's look at one more scripture, and then i got to close. Proverbs. Proverbs 29 first. Look at Proverbs 29. I want to read this. This is the wisdom of Solomon. Verse 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Somebody says, well, I knew somebody was doing that and they went under. Well, I'd rather go under trusting God than go under in fear. Amen. Besides that, God's not going to let you go under. He didn't let Peter go under. Peter didn't take on gallons of seawater before the Lord rescued him. He didn't perform CPR on him. Amen. And then <clears throat> one more scripture, and, and then we're going, to, we're going to pray. First John, fear is overcome by two things. First, faith, knowing and faith in the love that God has for you. 1 John 4. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how Love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Even on the day of judgment, we do not have to fear. Because of the love. He said this. He said, he said in this world we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. That's why we say God's not giving you a spirit of fear. He cannot because He doesn't have any. You know, I can sit up here and say, I'm going to give every one of you on the way out today a check for a million dollars. Good luck cashing it. 
I can't do that because I don't have it. Amen. But if Jeff Bezos said, I'm, I'm on the way out, I'm going to hand you a check for a, every one of you a check for a million dollars, then I'm going to get in line. You know, Jeff Bezos, he owns Amazon. Why? Because he has it. God doesn't have any fear. He can't give you. That fear can't be from God. He, he doesn't have any to give you. God's love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. We need our love, understanding, and our faith in the love of God, our experience of the love of God to be so big in us that fear has no way to remain. He said, perfect love dries out fear because fear has to do with punishment. God, oh, I know God. God's angry with me. I know God's mad with me. I messed up. I failed. I didn't do this. I didn't do it. I know God. He's mad. God's mad. That's, that's not an excuse to sin. But, you know, I found out people don't need a, an excuse or a license to sin. They'll do it without one. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So if you're really, I mean, we all deal with fear. Remember I said that. But if you're really struggling, I mean, it's governing your life. You're anxious. You're, I mean, it's keeping you up. And I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Listen, you need, you need to get back over and meditate on 1 Corinthians 13 there where it says, uh, you know, what love is. Because you can put God in there where it's love because God is love. Love is God and God is love. He that, he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in Him. Amen? Love never fails. God never fails. Love is patient and kind. God is patient and kind. Love does not take, uh, you know, notes and make a ledger of the things done wrong. So you could just say, God does not make a ledger... Listen, well, never mind. I was going to say something, but it might blow your mind. Faith in God and faith in His Word. Proverbs 3, you can just write that down. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, see, you know it. So God says, move on. Passion Church, move on, children of God. It's time to move on. Don't look at the Red Sea. Don't look at Pharaoh's army. Don't look at the fears. Don't look at the fear of man or, or even the fear of change that God wants to bring about in our lives. But rather, with our faith in God, in His love, in His care, in His Word that cannot fail, in His promises, in all that Jesus has done. He said it's finished. If it's finished, then you don't have anything to do with it. Just receive it. Just believe it. Just embrace it. Just obey it. Let me give you some action points. Are you dealing with any of these types of fears? Then the second part of that, how are you dealing with it? 
Well, I'm just trying to put it out of my mind. You know, in, in nature, you know, uh, you know, it's hard for anything to, to, to stay as a vacuum. There's something that always is, is endeavoring to fill it, to fill the void. And you can't just not think fear. You cannot just not be, uh, I'm just not going to have doubt because something's going to fill it. So what we do is we fill our hearts and our minds with God's love and God's word and God's faith. And that, what did he say? Perfect love does what? Drives out all fear. So if I'm full of faith and full of love, then guess what? If, if fear, fear has nowhere to go. Fear has nowhere to attach itself. And then finally, determine with God's help to overcome and not let fear control you. How do we do that? Just what I just said. You remind yourself. You, you, you find the scriptures where it talks about God's love. The Bible says, even when we were sinners, God loved us. And if he died for us while we were his enemies, while we were sinners, how much more? Will He not freely give us all things now that we've been reconciled to Him by faith in Jesus Christ? And so I fill myself with that. You know, I, I, I have a today relationship with God. You know what I mean by that? See, we can all tell testimonies of things that God's done back then, back then. And depending on our age and how long we've known the Lord, some of us can go way on back there. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and that's good. But you know what? God wants to be something real for us today. Every day there was fresh manna. We live from the proceeding Word of God. What is He saying to you about today, about 2021? It's wonderful what He has said. Don't let go of that. But what is He saying today? You need to keep your relationship up today. Amen. That's true in a marriage, and it's true in our relationship with God. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Father. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.